Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in The Zone Sports Network. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Happy Tuesday to everybody out there. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line joining us now. Of course, uh, he, what did you say, Gordon, had a cup of coffee for the Patriots? He did play for the Patriots. He's one of our Ute insiders right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you, Sprint is the network built for Unlimited with great deals on great devices every day. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. He's our good friend Christian Cox. What's up, Christian? What's going on, Jake and Gordon? You know I had a brief stint in the NFL. You know I love to stint on Sprint. Yeah, well, neither Jake nor I ever had that opportunity. No. So you're light years ahead of us. Uh, you also played for, for Bill Belichick. Why is he so what, – what makes him uh, so good at what he does? Well, in reality, he's militant, right? You look at his background, he, he comes from a football father. Uh, I think his dad coached – I think was it the Naval Academy or had deep ties to the Naval Academy. Um. It's funny because you look at him, his body type isn't impressive. His height isn't impressive. Um, He was a diehard college athlete who was obsessed and loved football, and he ended up having a serious injury in college that ruined his career, and that's what pushed him into um, being obsessed with being a coach. And I think it's it's his attention to detail, and I I haven't really told this story really ever, right? Uh, I was obviously just a small undrafted free agent, it was the year of the lockout, so we didn't have mini camp that year. So guys like Matt Asiata, Shaky Smithson, we had to like wait through the whole year until the lockout ended, and then people got called in for camp. You had tryouts, you beat out people, but he would pull people aside and he'd call you by your first name. He didn't call you by your last name, and uh, it didn't matter if you were Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Danny Woodhead, or measly little Christian, and. Uh, he'd take those moments to coach you about different defensive sets where if it's a trips formation, you have to ride the, the number three underneath the full way if you're playing linebacker. And uh, he would applaud you if you did it correctly. And um, he runs a true meritocracy. And I think that's what makes him so successful. And there's parallels into Kyle uh, and the way he runs things. And I think Belichick looks for players that are gritty. Uh, the year I was there briefly, right, um, uh, Julian Edelman, he was playing backup uh, to Wes Welker, but he played corner for four games at the end of the year and returned kicks. He didn't play receiver. So uh, Bill always talked about being multidimensional, being able to provide value to the team and be able to play multiple positions. And uh, he gets the most out of people because he's in control. He runs the ship. It's not these players – being divas and in control of their destiny and the Antonio Browns of the world, um, you can you, you you can just you you just want to risk his earn his respect and appreciation. And I, I say the parallel is to to Coach Whittingham is the same as 
you know, Kyle runs a very militant shop and the transition from college football at Kyle's program and Gary Anderson's and Kalani, right? They were all there when I was there. Uh, it wasn't a transition. You go straight in the league. I think her practices at Utah were harder than the NFL, right? You didn't have two days in the NFL. And so I think um, that's why you see a lot of Patriots that are picking up former BYU and Utah guys, and um, they like those kind of those kind of types. So, so it's not like he's like a brainiac who is uh, smarter than everyone else. I, I would I would argue he he may outwork everyone, but mm. his schemes are perfect. His attention to detail is perfect, and if you were not doing it right within the perfect amount of detail, he would thrash you. And it, it I I witnessed in camp him dress Tom Brady in front of everyone up and down because he wasn't completing the right pass, uh, wasn't throwing the right receiver on a play action pass. And they did the same thing to Rob Gronkowski. I didn't, we didn't know how big Rob was going to be because it was his second year, but no one was off limits and you have to, you have to do your job within accordance to the plan. And that's how they run everything. And I think that's why you see uh, his success this year He's kind of he is the D coordinator, a guy named Gerard Mayo who was a starting middle linebacker when I was there briefly uh, with another guy named Rob Ninkovich who you see on TV with ESPN. But um, that's why their defense is so successful is because he just he's he's a brilliant mind. And people forget that he and Nick Saban were coaches together in Cleveland when they weren't successful. Uh, I as a young kid didn't realize how big the Giants were in the eighties because. I was five years old, but he coached, I'm pretty sure, Lawrence Taylor in that de- that defensive group and led them to many Super Bowls. Gordon, you can appreciate that. And, um, you know, he's, he really is uh, a coach's coach, and he just shows up consistently every single day. And, you know, he's, he'll go down as one of the greatest coaches of all time. And who else is notorious for being uh, wearing a hoodie, a cutoff sweatshirt, right? <laughs> He's like a Halloween costume, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> Christian, let's talk about a heck of a coaching job on Saturday, and I know the offense grabs all the headlines, but the defense was absolutely magnificent. To shut out Mike Leach's Washington State Cougars in the second half is is absolutely marvelous. Yeah, well, how about how about a tale of you know two weeks in our conversation? We all were pretty down last week following that USC loss, and really we're kind of putting onus back on on. Uh, Morgan Scally, and it was apparent right from the beginning that he was mixing coverages. Uh, they mentioned that on the actual on air quite a bit, but you saw a lot of three down linemen, two linebackers, and then quite a bit of back end uh, help. Right as you're as you're looking at how Morgan would do that, and then they'd bring a. a they'd always get into four man rushing if you didn't notice three three down linemen to just to be the you know your odd front. They're always bringing a fourth. Bradley and Bradley and I created some pressures just with a three-man pass rush, and you know that that patience, you know, put Gordon into some bad positions. He got some good interceptions, and mixing coverages against the air raid is, I guess, the answer, right? It's it is the answer, and whether people are like kind of downplaying how good Washington State is, is that just a bad team? I think you need to give credit where credit's due. That defense stifled them definitely in the second half where years prior Washington State would just somehow drive down get their get their nose back in the game and score late and 
came up with some big fourth down conversions, especially late in that uh, in, in the second half. And what's crazy to me is, you know, the first drive was a dropped touchdown and then missed field goal, right? So he even started the game off not ideal. And uh, Tyler Huntley, what a heck of a game and what a heck of a year he's having. And he's proving everyone wrong, right? I think everyone was kind of on the, hey, who's showing up this year? The Tyler Huntley who's going to be injured at game five or the Tyler Huntley that goes on the road against Jake Browning in Washington who basically has them leading and they give up the game late. But because of his performance, Utah was in a game uh, against one of the best teams in the country that year. So be interesting to see if he can duplicate that type of performance on the road against Washington this year. One of the things that stood out to me, uh, Christian, is the, the uh, I guess you could call it inspirational, that the Utes lose perhaps their best player in Zach Moss. Uh, Britton Covey can't go and may be out for the season, uh, redshirt-wise. So what happens? You have guys who step up and, and you know, uh, perform well, well enough for the Utes to get this big win. I. I, I I took note of that. I thought that was uh, indeed impressive. Yeah, I think that goes back down to, you know, the steadiness of Andy Ludwig. I, I think um, you look at what he provides to the offense and Tyler Huntley and coordinating, he has some interesting pieces, and he's doing some schemes and, and run plays that are a little – Different than I even have seen. If you if you look at this uh, this sweet motion handoff to this Vickers kid, it's a full downhill run by the time he gets the ball, right? And they also are pulling guards in front of it. So there's some schematics that are really interesting that Andy's dialing up, and he's you know he's leveraging Tyler out of out of the, out of uh, under the under center, which is weird, right? In today's modern day college football and I think the bright spots, right? Nakua, he shined bright. I didn't realize he hadn't caught many balls or had many yards this year. And this Thompson kid is really getting uh, loose over the top, and the receiving core is is very balanced. And uh, credit to Tyler Huntley for completing, you know, at such a high clip. And it's eerie, and I don't want to talk down this road, but. You know, it looks very similar to a man, Brian Johnson, who we used to see in the same offense. But the difference in Brian Johnson versus Tyler Huntley, right? Brian was very limited at the end of his career. Brian didn't have a shoulder. Brian couldn't throw the ball 40 yards downfield. But Brian had the wherewithal and the smarts to always lead a game-winning drive and was always there when it mattered, when it mattered most. But he distributed the ball to Brent Castile, Braden Godfrey, Freddie Brown, right? He had all of his players, um, you know, Jeremy over the middle on these shallow crosses. So he leveraged his his team, not to mention he had Darrell Mack and Matt Asiata. So Utah's very deep. Utah's very deep. And uh, it's good to see some, some points scored. And uh, hopefully you can see this replicated game over game. And um, you can't get too high and too low in the game of football. College football is a brutal game to play. And uh, I don't envy Kyle's position. I don't envy Morgan's position. Kept a game plan every single week uh, for these tough offenses, and you know played you know in the Pac-12. So it'll be interesting to see. 
One of the positions that they aren't so deep at is the linebacker position, Christian. But Francis Bernard has played like his yeah. hair is absolutely on fire. What yeah. what what did he do to take the next step? I mean, what are you seeing? Well, he's. This is where I, I'm sure BYU fans love seeing him succeed. I'm sure that doesn't you know pain them. I work with a lot of Cougars here in Provo, which is funny. But um, Francis, he's mature. Right, you want to go watch an interview? He gave an interview, I think, back in August. I think it was to KSL or someone. It was a five-minute clip. He's gone through enough to to realize he had lost football, right? And so he knows this is it, and and he's playing every game like it is it. And if he continues to play like it is it every single game, he may have a shot to to go play in the NFL, which isn't what he's thinking about, I'm sure. But he's doing it. He's only six foot. He's not. He's not a big, tall Cody Barton like athlete. Cody Barton's, you know, two forty, six three. Like has the credentials of NFL all over him. But you look at Francis. He had. He's instinctual. And these are things that can't be. There's no analytics for instinctual players. There's no analytics of, hey, he's always in the right place to get the interception at the right appropriate time. He knows how to blitz. He knows how to fill gaps. And it doesn't hurt that he has some of the best down linemen to go fill gaps. And uh, Chase Hansen and Cody Barton, I'm sure they loved last year because these holes open up. They know what the scheme is, and they can run downhill and go fill gaps and go get TFLs in the backfield. And so not only has Francis played well, and they're playing basically all of the snaps, if you'll watch, but Lloyd is playing really well too. And he's a little lankier, kind of reminds me of Sly, Stevenson Sylvester from a long time ago. But what a what a good combination, and um, you hope that they can stay healthy because uh, I think they'll be kind of the linchpin to the success of the season uh, if uh, they can stay healthy and play every game. But through the first you know four games, they've they've been on the field every almost every down. They don't rotate, and that's kind of strange uh, for that position. Christian, what's the usefulness of a bye week? Well, you can look at it twofold. One is lick your wounds and heal, obviously, which everyone knows. But the other is uh, it's more the developmental stuff. It's more for kids that are, you know, the red shirts, the freshmen that need extra work, that coaches can actually go spend time with them. So, uh, you know, bye week this early, you'll take a bye week anytime. It's not fun for the juniors and seniors who just want to play games. But it's more for these younger kids that, you know, Kyle and Morgan, Morgan's probably on the road, honestly, but they can go down and run practice and they can go see how these younger kids have developed from camp until present. And uh, you need depth. And I, I think, you know, it's it's crazy to, to look how this, um, I'd say corporation, right? This This outfit has evolved. They are so deep and these guys are so big so much bigger than you know any years of the Fiesta Bowl and so, and so much bigger than, than we were in the Sugar Bowl years and um, they're getting the talent and you got to develop the talent because you got to draw on the talent you know the back half of the year and um, especially you know with these tough schedules so it's really fun to see it uh, it's weird to be you know kind of disconnected as like a, a, a former player and Watching these games, I watch it from you know like a uh, from like a, a player's coach's seat. But I feel just like the fans. I feel the anxiety. I want them to perform. The expectations are so high on them, and that's just an unorthodox place for Utah to be in, right? Forever, Utah has always been uh, the underdog. Whether it was McBride's years, Urban's years, 
uh, Kyle's success years, even in the, the beginning of the Pac-12. So uh, you just you want them to live up to expectations, and you can only live those expectations one week at a time, sadly. So, Christian, what's it like for a high-profile celebrity youth like yourself working down there in Utah County? No, stop it. You know I'm a you know I'm an F lister. So um, <laughs> you're a big deal. I'm sure everybody's no, coming up to it, you. No, it's it's fun. I actually, my office is fun because we're you know we're a startup technology down here uh, at a company called Filevine. Uh, you know our CEO, he's a he's a BYU grad, law grad. But I'd say eighty percent of our office is you know former BYU or BYU folks. I love it because you don't have to talk about. It you know, the rivalry much because we just take care of business and uh, people are pretty respectful. They're nice to me. Well, you're big. I don't, <laughs> there's not a lot to say, you know, it's the rivalry's in a weird place now. And and I also have a weird, a weird fit, like Aaron Roderick offered me a scholarship. Kalani was my D coordinator. Elisa Tuiaki was my running back uh, at Southern Utah University before I went on a mission. I, like what I remember about Elisa is like we were playing Halo in his like at his house with all of our teammates, right? And when I was like eighteen, so I want them to do well. I, I want them to succeed too, just as much as I want the youths to win. So it's kind of strange. Christian, we always appreciate your wisdom and insight, sir. Thank you very much. You're too kind. Good to talk to you, Jake. See you, Gordon. See ya. Thanks, Christian. Christian Cox here, a former player at Utah. Last time game day was up there. I, I played in 2010, had a brief stint in the NFL. I was voted team captain by surprise my senior year. Christian Cox here, a former Ute, played up there in 07 through 2010. I uh, had a brief stint with the Patriots. You know, I had a brief stint with playing the clarinet in the NFL. That's no F Lister. <laughs> that dude is a big deal. I, I'll tell you, I, I love the way you said that. Uh, he said, uh, people are diced, man. You immediately said, well, you're big. You're big. <laughs> Is that true? Do big guys, be? are they treated better because nobody wants to get beat up? They're treated differently. And actually, I was I was listening to Hans and Scotty the other day, and Hans had a, a funny uh, anecdote about being at uh, Rock's football something or other mm-hmm. and kids coming up and mouthing off to him because uh, he was wearing a BYU shirt or something and, and some and it, it, Hans was so taken aback by it and it's like of course you wear Hans because no adult in their right mind <laughs> is, is going to be lipping, lipping off to a man your size but the kids who you know they have no filter no filter whatsoever they're going to he was so surprised and it was like <laughs> yeah of course nobody in your no sane person in your personal life is doing that to you yeah you're, you're, you're big Christian's a big guy former <laughs> nfl <funny>. linebacker <laughs> former nfl clarinetist yeah he played the clarinet in the league if you're uh if you're mouthing off to christian then boy you've you've got something coming hmm. but big thanks to him for uh jumping on and uh joining us we greatly appreciate it we uh want to remind you about our friends at action plumbing heating and air they're looking for skilled hvac technicians plumbers and electricians to join the action superhero team paid training health dental benefits and a 401k match call today and join the action plumbing superhero team 801-833-3333 action plumbing also want to remind you to join us the big show this friday october 4th from three to six as andrew reinhardt our friend from wasatch medical clinic will be live in studio he's going to discuss an fda approved breakthrough through and permanent solution for ED with no pills, surgery, or needles. Want to remind you, 
Top of the 5 o'clock hour, we'll play our conversation uh, from today with Donovan Mitchell. Bowler will be in the house as well. And uh, don't forget, Gordon's doing his nickname segment at 5.30. Yeah, and I've gotten some good suggestions, uh, and my list is, 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 is strong. So if you have a good idea for one of the jazz players, pass it along to me, and I'll add it to the list if it, if it is of a certain standard. Stay tuned. More Big Show straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. What you feeling? It's so positive. I, I don't everybody. think it's all positive for I, BYU. I, I, Quarterbacks uh, hurt. Lost to Toledo. Ah! It's a bummer for these guys, but they got to regroup. Jaron Halls, you're up now. The problem for BYU is losing to these perceived lesser programs. Even if the program that particular year is better than its rep, you can live with these losses to Utah. And you're not in the league as Washington. You should lose to those guys. It's these lesser programs. You've got to stop doing that. As I say the in Provo, you... knock it to fetch off. <laughs> UMass and Northern Illinois, East Toledo. Carolina, those all suck. You no. can't have it. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Shout out to Bill, who wanted to hear some Kentucky headhunters today. Welcome on back. Big show. Total Request Tuesday. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Stay tuned. Top of the 5 o'clock hour player interview with Donovan Mitchell. The road to contention begins today. Day one at uh, camp for the Jazz. It was down at practice today. Gordon. And everybody uh, looked like they had an extra spring in their step. A little bounce. Yeah. I think they're, they're as eager to get going with this thing as uh, as jazz fans are to see it. I got that impression in a major way yesterday, and it stands to reason. Wouldn't you be eager if you thought you had uh, you had a really good team? And there's some 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 of the newness. I think creates some of that eagerness. You know the the new faces, maybe some new schemes. Like you've said this a number of times, and I, I imagine you're 100 percent right. I would guess that Quinn Snyder is excited, is eager to have some new toys. Oh, people think he's got under pressure because he's got more talent. Are you kidding me? I, I just I don't see it that way. I think he is a thousand times more eager than he is. Uh, what's the word for Klimt? Verklimpness aside, I do think that there <laughs> I don't is. Even know what verklimp means. I, Doesn't that mean like all tied up in knots? I think there is, is there some pressure. I, uh, I think there is some pressure on Quinn Snyder. Now, how he handles it is is a different thing. But I would imagine he was was somewhat clamoring for some of the personnel changes. Maybe that's not fair because I I don't know personally his relationship with Ricky Rubio and those sorts of things. But I would guess that. He's been wanting more dynamic play at the point guard position for a while. Yes. Yeah, and that's not the only thing. He's, uh, you've heard Quinn perhaps whisper about shooting, you know, because that makes what he does. We've given him great credit for manufacturing points in past season, which he, his offense has had to do. And now he's got guys who, who can really, really do it. I mean, I, I don't get I don't get the – the, the pressure thing I, I don't I don't think if you gave him uh, the option of uh, just sort of uh, flying along where he had been 
with so-called less pressure as opposed to giving him the tools he needs to really excel and feeling a little pressure? I mean, he'll take that every time. Oh, wouldn't we all? And, and that's why I, 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 I don't think it really is pressure. I, I think it's, it's, uh, he's eager. Sure. How he, how he, oh man, we're splitting hairs here. But oh, how he, he reacts to the pressure is, is one thing. But I do think that there is some, some pressure out there because I think Jazz, as an organization, probably feel like this roster has a chance to make some waves. Maybe so, but Quinn has gotten everything you can get out of a roster in his past years with the Jazz. Right. And he's going to have to do the same this year. Right. And that's what, but that's what's expected. Yeah, I suppose. But uh, I, I expected for good reason. Uh huh. Again, we're really it's like it's like saying okay, if uh, name me the best fighter of all time. Let's see, Austin Austin Horton, best boxer of uh, of all time. Uh Now I'm just having that scene from uh, Coming to America (laughs) running running through my head. (laughs) Who's the most former? I'd say Mike Tyson, Joe Lewis, Joe Lewis, Mike Tyson in his in his prime, going up against uh, you know. well, who's the who's the fighter who is uh, all flabby and you know Butterbean? Butter uh-huh. I, I, do you think Mike Tyson going up against Butterbean is going to feel pressure? No. May Butterbean rest. In I peace. don't think the. Rest... Oh, is he gone now? Oh, yeah. oh. I I wouldn't the compare bean, uh, the Bean. <laughs> when did he pass? Oh, a while ago. Yeah. Did he? But who was the guy that the summer that Gordon didn't care about that won the the prize fight? Jake oh yeah, he looked like he looks like a normal dude that Gordon didn't want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, at all. <laughs> That's right. And then it was I his just, idea, and he wanted to talk about it. Answer my question: Do you think that Mike Tyson in his prime felt pressure? Well, let me tell you this: I I think that your comparison of Butterbean to the rest of the Western Conference is way off. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, Mike Tyson against anyone in his early years. I, 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 when you are, I had a speed bag when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I used to. I used to work on that thing all the time. Butterbean's still very much with us. Oh, oh he is. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> His demise was greatly uh, exaggerated. You know, this show has a tendency to make these things happen. <laughs> That's true. We should watch. <laughs> we what brought we him say. back to life. Uh, he's fifty-three years old. Oh, he's a youngster. Born in Atlanta, August third, nineteen sixty-six. And he's still, he's still kicking, huh? He's still with us. Yeah, he's still. So there you go. But I uh, like. Oh, I said, that Butterbean. Yeah. Comparing <laughs> Butter- Eric Esch, Eric Yes. <laughs> comparing Butterbean to the rest of the Western Conference, I don't think is is fair at all. Okay, but I, it doesn't matter. It, it, Mike Tyson in his prime was he worried about who he was boxing? So you're comparing to the Jazz to Mike Tyson in his prime? <laughs> I'm just saying that that they are better equipped now. They, you know, they can they can punch with power, and everybody they can jab. They can move. They can, you know, I mean, they they can do things that they couldn't do before. So if that brings pressure, bring it on. And I'm sure that's how Quinn Snyder is approaching it. But yeah, there are more expectations. This it's just year. I keep hearing that over and over again. Oh, Quinn's under pressure now. I, I, don't, I, don't, I think he's, yeah, I think he's excited. I think he's probably excited. I think he's prepared to to uh, meet the challenge, but the challenge is different now. It is different going from the plucky Well, he's got, he's got more tools, but he's also – the West is tough. I mean, you go down the, the list of teams. I mean, let's just do it right now. The Clippers, the Lakers, uh, the Blazers, the, the Nuggets, uh, the, the Warriors. 
Didn't uh, the, the mention Rockets. the Rockets or the Spurs. I mean, yeah, I guess. But I think I, Dallas is going to be better. We've we've got. But, through. but think about what would what would Quinn Snyder be thinking right now if he was going to go up against that competition with last year's team? It'd be different. Well, but I mean, I think he's he would feel more pressure if he had fewer weapons. But then you have the built-in excuse. <laughs> Because then you, I didn't you say, have the team I needed. It's right. not my fault. Did you see how many threes Jake Crowder <laughs> yeah, took but last that's, year? That's not how coaches think. Coaches don't. Th- they, they, they're they're always under pressure. I guess is what I'm saying. That's true. I, I would I would certainly agree with that. So, but different types pressure of pressure. Like I, I don't think Quinn Snyder's job's on the line this year. You know, Western Conference Finals or else. But there are some different expectations. I hear what you're saying. If it were one and done in the playoffs, I think some folks around here would be pretty disappointed. Uh, yeah, I guess I agree with that. Yeah, I think there'd be including people... the players and including Quinn. Right. I so there's some there's some pressure in that. You got to live up. Yeah, but he's he's got he's got the material to deal with with the challenge. I want to remind you the savings are on at West Valley Ram. Stop by our dealership during Ram Power Days and take advantage of our special offers on select new models. Whatever you're looking for, we'll have it at West Valley Ram. More big show straight ahead. The Not Sports Report. Woo-hoo. Bowler in the house at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Play our interview with Donovan Mitchell as well. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. In The Athletic today, they talked about a lot of Coach Orgeron's ways that he fires up his team. They all say there was a time or two when Coach would say something and wouldn't get a response because no one could understand. No one had any understanding like, of what he was doing. They went way that three four defensive end, you fix me. He's a big mama calling it. God, that's a decision. She's happy as a pig. See, I swear he said something about bacon. Coach, what are we having for lunch today? You what? don't get to protect the blast. How y'all be fixed like General Dan Yon. Your dad never met me madder than wet. What's your go-to at JCW's, Coach? Nichols, Dad's ex- those hooks, lads, deep down fishing on the bayou. It doesn't matter about the beans. I'm finding being with friends. The the shake bit of Tony. I never get many bits. Ed Roger on LSU football. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Show 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, welcome on back. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Talk a lot of jazz basketball on the 5 o'clock hour with Craig Bullerjack. We'll also play an interview with Donovan Mitchell. Uh, but now it's time for the Not Sports Board, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online at LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going to the Chicago metro area. But before we go there, let me ask you guys and all our listeners, think about your answer to this question. Your best Halloween memory. There's some Austin's good... Austin's so- got this look on his face that looks like trouble to me. Never never really liked Halloween. Did you guys like Halloween growing up? Hell yeah. Uh, it was okay. I mean, did, did you have a, do you have a fond memory, Austin? 
I have a lot of memories about Halloween. Uh, most of them are, you know, Halloween in Utah. Not always the best time because you have to wear a stupid costume underneath a snowsuit <laughs> to go out in two degree weather and get a mini sized candy bar for three hours. Uh, Jake, and there were some good memories you too. Any, you know, any good parties or any good, you know, any good yeah, candy you, you, uh, halls? Did you ever fall in love on Halloween? <laughs> did you? No. I might have. <laughs> a form of it. I I went to some interesting Halloween parties in my day, oh, but they, you know, is that really what Halloween's all about? Okay, well, a raucous Halloween well, okay, party. Okay, or are you okay, looking for well, something like? Can't, it's, it's come to that these days, hasn't it? I mean, what's I, the true meaning of Halloween? I remember Halloween. Being, <laughs> I remember Halloween being for kids, but now the adults will get into it too, right? Yeah. So, I'm all for inclusivity. But let me tell you this story, all right? There's an elementary school in Evanston, Illinois, Lincoln Elementary. Well, what has it done? It has canceled its Halloween celebration during the school day. Why, you ask? Well, according to the Chicago Tribune, the school said it wants to be inclusive of all students and avoid celebrating a cultural holiday that some students don't celebrate for whatever reason. And this is the quote. All right. While we recognize that Halloween is a fun tradition for many families, it is not a holiday that is celebrated by all members of our school community uh, for various reasons. There are also inequities in how we have traditionally observed the holiday as part of our school day. Our goal at Lincoln is to, to provide space and opportunities for all students to be part of the community, not to create an environment that may feel exclusive or unwelcoming to any child. That's from the principal. In lieu of a Halloween party, the students will have, quote, a fall celebration on November 1. Come on, really? I'm it's freaking Halloween. Right? I'm for inclus- inclusiveness too, but how about more embracing of more holidays, right? You know, if a kid can't celebrate Halloween, why don't you say, hey, what, what, what holidays do you celebrate in your household? And why don't you come in and tell us about it and educate us about well, it? Yeah, so why, you, why are we taking away? Why don't we add two? Nobody celebrates every holiday. I mean, they might have people. You could cancel every celebration under these grounds. I grew up with a, a kid in my class who was a Jehovah's Witness, uh-huh. and they're, I, I couldn't tell you exactly what their philosophy is on celebration, but it's not like things are not celebrated the same way. Is, you, that, is, is that one of the groups that thinks uh, Santa is Satan? I don't know. I don't oh. want to. Sp- I don't want to speak. Oh. But anyway, I know that th- things were different for him. He couldn't participate in stuff like Halloween and that sort of thing growing up. And I felt bad for the guy, but he was the kid was really cool about it. He's like, you know, I just can't participate. I'm, go about doing your thing. Yeah, he you know? didn't care, right? You know, and then it gave us actually an opportunity, and one I should have taken more advantage of, uh, uh, obviously, to find out what he's all about. You know? Yeah. Besides, what kid doesn't like candy? How about a candy bar? Well, I, I, I can't partake of the candy bar because I don't celebrate Halloween. What? Well, maybe, you know, dentist's children don't get the candy bar. Oh, there's always that, that house that gives out the toothbrushes, right? They're doing a service. <laughs> okay. I just... What's your best Halloween story? Oh, I have some... I, I'm, 
I had some good times on Halloween as a kid and uh, as a college student. Now you're <laughs> you you're acting like there's something behind that as a well, college I mean, student. I just had good friends to uh, celebrate with. There, there was one gal I remember in college. She was dressed like a potted plant, and she had some roots. Oh my gosh! Now we're now we're canceled, <laughs> and that's the end. And that's it. Thank you, everybody. That's where it Happy all... freaking Halloween. That's where it all ended. Well, well she stayed potted. I mean, she wasn't, it wasn't like anything like that going on, but she was a good friend. So, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a time to have fun. It's a time to celebrate. It's a time to, to uh, spend time with people you care about. What, what's the matter with that? <laughs> hey, look, I'm not the one that said, hey, man, I had some fine Halloween party memories. All right. That was you. I, yeah. Yeah, but, but he left it at that. Right. <laughs> and actually, most of the, the fun times I've had on Halloween in one way or another ended up in catastrophe. How so? Well, we were at this great Halloween party once. I, I had dressed up like Axl Rose and my buddy Alex <laughs> dressed up like Slash. We had a okay. great time. Fantastic. But a, but a kid that was Superman and tr- jumping like off of a like a patio, which was only like, I don't know, three steps down or whatever, broke his leg. Why did he do that? I don't, he didn't mean to break his leg. Was, was he, had, been, had he been imbibing? I'm sure. In fact, as they were taking him away on the stretcher because the ambulance came and all that sort of thing, and as they're, they're wheeling him out, he said, save some beer for me. I'll be back. <laughs> he wasn't back, No, was he? no, he no. did not. He did not. Come all right. Oh, well, look, I want people to feel included and whatnot, but it's Halloween. You know? Oh, don't cancel it for everybody because you have a handful of people who don't celebrate it. But the fall celebration, Gordon, I'm sure is going to be amazing. <laughs> what are they going to celebrate? The leaves? Yeah. All right. Hmm. Well. All I say is don't mess with Halloween. Nope. Man, that's kids. I saw a poll that said that was like their second favorite holiday. Behind Arbor Day? <laughs> I think it was flagged. Behind, the, behind spring celebration. <laughs> <laughs> spring yes, celebration. Indeed. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, coming up next, Bowler will be in studio. We'll also let you hear uh, our interview with Donovan Mitchell today uh, right here on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. The head coach of the Utah Jazz, Quinn Snyder, you're certainly capturing a lot of national attention. I know you probably don't spend a lot of time on that stuff, but when you become a little bit of the hunted and not the hunter, do you worry about a mindset of a team coming into a season? Well, I, to be honest with you, we were picked third in the West last year. I don't think we're picked third in the West this year, so I don't know if we're being hunted or we're hunting. Or I hope we get hunted a little bit because that gives you urgency. And I hope we do some hunting too because <laughs> I think with that, whatever the external perceptions are, you know, however we process that, it's important for our focus to be on maximizing who we are. And that doesn't mean you don't have goals. You know, ideally we have high goals and, you know, enthusiasm for those, but the way to get there is to kind of dig in. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.